This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Hello, hi y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Aloha, y'all. Welcome. Welcome to the Breaking Normal podcast, whether this is your first episode or your 140th. Holy moly. They've all been so valuable to me. And what I'm doing for the sake of effectiveness and efficiency and progress, which I would argue, you know how so many people shoot for happiness? Maybe um, shooting for progress might be a better target. Just saying. I'm just going to toss that in there for right now. But in the uh, spirit of progress and effectiveness, I think I'm going to batch this intro for the next two episodes because what it is, there's two very special Breaking Normal guests that are both in the medical field in their own very Breaking Normal way. Um, one being a dentist. Uh, she calls herself the dentist next door. She is a biological dentist. And um, I have a lot of show notes about her. I mean, we went from, we talked about her mercury poisoning experience in the military where she couldn't even, like she was losing her memory. We talked about fluoride. We, should, we talked about um, getting the metal or mercury um, fillings out and the best way to do that. We talked about to x-ray or not to x-ray. We talked about how teeth are living organs. We know we talked about organ meats, and uh, we did. We did. We actually talked about thyroid quite a bit. I think specifically about how the thyroid might be tied to the dental health and how the whole system may be. And then the next guest, and I'm not sure which one you're going to listen to right now, so we'll keep that part a surprise. We'll keep the spirit of mystery alive. Uh, Doctor Josh Hart from or Hant, I believe from uh the the northeast he's actually he just like sent me a text today that he's going to be listening to breaking normal while he trains for his next ultra marathon he's a chiropractor and much more he uh, actually runs 100 mile races and i think he's like training for a 150 mile race oh the dentist next door just joined i was just talking about you this is the intro to your show Wow, look at that. Um, but Josh is, and Josh's show. So we're batching this intro together for both of y'all's show. I'm doing an Instagram live while I'm doing this intro for just the uh, Breaking Normal podcast listeners. But let's just say for uh, Dr. Josh there, uh, he's never had any vaccine and he's training for a 150 mile race. I don't know if I need to say more. I do have a whole book of uh, show notes here about what the show was about. We were talking about bug protein. We were talking about growing up without any rules. We talked about insomniac, uh, insomniac, insomnia. We talked about vegan athletes because he's in the athletic world, obviously. We talked about his hardest race. We talked about how he brainwashes himself with his success with David Goggins' audiobook. So now he's going to be brainwashing himself for success with the Breaking Normal audiobook, which if you haven't downloaded, I definitely suggest it. We talk about um, his lack of drug use and alluded to some other funny things. Both shows are amazing. I'm so excited for y'all to, uh, I don't know, uh, now I'm going to be interacting with the dentist next door via Instagram. I'm not sure if you heard my intro, but I included some of the notes about what we talked about and what to look forward to. And uh, 
finally, not and maybe not finally, tri vitamins that you might see here on the Instagram live, the bison liver for breakfast works wonders. I'm amazed. I'm like been so busy in such a fulfilled way, not like busy, busy, but like effective busy with tribe vitamins because our customers are so stoked on the results they're getting from this, specifically the bison liver and the bison organ complex. And we have our next seasonal batch coming out soon. So look out for that. I think we're about like a thousand, almost a thousand Instagram followers. And it's just like right around the time when our chimera, what we're calling chimera, will be um, released in a very seasonal micro batch. Let's just say it might include yak testicles and elk antler and amongst another animal's organ. But long story short, these organs meets work, and that's why I'm excited Dr. Josh is using them out there running marathon, ultra marathons because what I've noticed is that moms love them and people that work really hard. So like UFC fighters, I've heard, uh, who, who have I heard that loves them? I know Diego Sanchez, who's like one of the original ultimate fighters on that TV show, um, Rob Lawler, Mickey Gall, um, Ong Slang. I mean, I hear these. So I know UFC fighters are loving this, and uh, it's because they work hard. And if you work hard, whether it's towards your goal or your dream or your passion or whatever it is, or being a mom or a dad or a teacher or whatever your dharma is in this role of life, it seems like that bison liver really gives you stamina and almost like a, awakens the wildness around that, around that passion. And creates like a like a beyond fences like fences aren't gonna like this the commitment like just like you see a bison bull like what's gonna stop a bison bull i feel like that energy is um embodied by partaking in this bison liver every morning before breakfast just the suggested dose which would be equivalent to like a i think a few bites of raw bison liver from 100 grass fit 100 grass fed grass finished american bison I know there's a whole raving about liver right now. It's like a, huper, a hugely popular trending topic, and rightfully so. And it just so happens that um, we created this company. This company was created through us uh, right prior to this, I think, super trendingness of it. And it just so happens we don't white label New Zealand, New Zealand cow liver powder but for instead we have created a supply chain for the best of the best and that's the uh, food of our ancestors i would say like before pharmacies especially this is land in north america it was the organs of the bison especially the liver so i've been really riding this tribe vitamin waves and i'm in the way it's sponsoring the breaking normal podcast so i think everyone that's been involved or interested and especially they all have tried it and if I haven't heard your testimony, please let me know. Because mine is that I feel um, kind of like what I was just saying. I have this endurance and stamina and passion and vigor and like this like, whew, a new wildness around what's most important to me. And wild meaning that like it's beyond culture. It's, it's like a, it's an unleashing of the warrior, like the warrior and lover archetype combined, doing what's best for my family including my dogs and especially davina my daughter and tribe vitamins has been a major major vehicle it's been like an outcome or a 
And they're just so tied together. I don't know what came first with the chicken or egg with this, but this bison liver treats me real well. And it's so amazing to hear from so many of y'all. And what I have on top of the bottle of the bison liver is our second real product. You know, this was our first flagship product. We've done plenty of seasonal batches of cool things. And this is our second product about a year later, and it's bison tallow bomb, white chocolate. And once again, this being the superfood of our ancestors, of the indigenous people of this land, this is like the skin superfood, the original skin superfood, original multivitamin, original skin superfood right here. And it's the bison, it's the fat, the rendered fat of another, once again, the 100% grass-fed, grass-finished American bison mixed with a little, just a little micro, micro touch of that organic vanilla and organic cacao essential oil, and holy moly. I, the most common testimony we hear around that product is it's the best skin care they've ever used. Um, I would suggest it on the lips. My brother, when he was here in Colorado, up the nose to prevent nosebleeds. I've heard it's the best for that. I use it as deodorant and like just rub it all over my body, getting in and out of the cold creek in the hot sun. <laughs> holy mackerel, I love this. I love this. I feel so honored to be a part of this project in whatever way that I am. It's almost, oh gosh, I feel so divinely orchestrated. I'm just, I feel like I'm part of the herd. And if you feel that way, and, uh, or if you know others that feel that way around this product, or if you wanna experiment and see what you feel and let us know, tribevitamins.com. I trust y'all are enjoying the Breaking Normal podcast. I do this, like, I was thinking about why I do this before I do it. Someone says, you're amazing, Daniel. I've made so many friends and allies and I've met amazing people, like amazing things have happened in my life because I've used this tool, of this modern day tool um, in the form of fire in the form of our phones and the internet and Spotify and podcasting and social media to, um, as like a training ground and as a testing ground and as a calling ground for me to speak about what's most important, to uh, share my story. And because I do feel like that's like one of the collective dharmas is for us just to be investigative journalists for the own story of our lives and report it as accurately as possible so that we can learn from each other rather than being controlled from, by some propaganda. And um, it's a lot what like a tribe and tribal council means to me. So this is me doing my part like my um, embodying my archetype in the most advantageous way for this tribe, whether it's the tribe vitamins tribe or the breaking world podcast tribe or the social media tribe. And um, I, I want to make more, for, I, I remember a future of making so many more countlessly amazing connections through sharing stories through social media and not letting it be like a, a weapon used against us, but a tool for us to, embody our, like, our divine weapons, like our voice and our heart and our energy and our fitness and our health and our wealth and our abundance. So let's keep tribing up. And if you're um, at all, you don't just have to listen to these podcasts. You can definitely leave a review. That's helpful. But reach out to me through Instagram or my email, daniel at breakingnormal.com. You can always text message me at 404-538-3156. Yeah, I just did that. And um, 
get yourself some uh, bison in you and on you to start embodying that like ancestral wisdom, like the wisdom of this land before these crazy tools that we're using right now were here. I trust that makes enough. I trust that resonates. If it doesn't, then let's talk about it. <laughs> some of my best teammates are people that I disagree with and then teaming up even around that disagreement. So, you know, it's like more about heart sync over group think. Keep rocking. Rasta. Peace. Oh, let me, let me leave an outro to the book, Breaking Normal. <laughs> yeah, this is a little side story. I saw two bears today. I do a little part-time like Ubering and lifting in West Boulder because I realized, um, for instance, my friend's using my car right now because I realized he can make $6,000 in a month to be a new driver by driving two hours a day. Like I found this little hack in the system. If this interests you, let me know because I get a referral bonus if I refer you to drive by driving two hours a day. So anyways, he's out driving my car. But earlier I was driving my car and I, and I saw two bears playing in someone's yard, if you believe that. In this one specific neighborhood in West Boulder, that's where I do it. But I picked up someone today and they tell me, oh, I've read Breaking Normal. And I was like, what? <laughs> And then I walked into a coffee shop today, and this coffee shop has Breaking Normal like on the shelves, and there was like a dad reading it to her daughter, like showing it to her. So let me leave an, like a teaser to the Breaking Normal book at the outro of the, these two podcasts. And I trust that'll compel you to download it. Because I, I, I was looking at my Audible account. I think I've like <laughs> downloaded over like 257 something books. And there is like one of the most valuable investments of my life when I think about like comparing that to the cost of college, I'm like, whoa. So I, I felt a duty and a dharma to put value into that, the zeitgeist in the library, and it's called Breaking Normal, like the same name of the podcast you're listening to. Get the book on Audible, and you'll get to hear J.P. Sears read the intro amongst so many other cameos, and I read the book, and it's awesome. Um, and I, I've, I've got to bring it up and give that outro to this podcast, especially considering the synchronicities today. Synchronicity is my schedule. If it's yours, let me know how that goes for you. I'm sure we're already in contact. All right, take care. Keep breaking normal, y'all. Peace. All right, well, Dr. Josh Hant, welcome to the show. Thank you uh, for being here, and thank you for uh, having me on your podcast recently. What is that real quick for the listeners? It's called The Human Powered Life, and, and thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah, well, I remember clearly that you, I think I do, tell me if I'm wrong or right, you've never had a vaccine? Never, never in my life. And that you run 100-mile-plus um, races? Is this correct? Yeah, I run, well? run ultra marathons. Well, I have my first 100-plus coming up in October 22. Have you run a 100-mile race? I have. Did you do that recently? Or how long uh, was that, that race one, recently? That was October, or that was in 2020. I just did, in the past eight weeks, I ran uh, a 12-hour and a 30-hour. Uh, one, one was 57 miles. The second one was, only ended up being, I say only, but I sound, I sound like a jerk, but 75 miles, but it was 107 degrees through that event. And nighttime wow. was like 85, so it was, it was toasty. And where was that at? That was in Maryland. Wow. 175 to 80, 107 to 85. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, well, just that alone seems like it would give us enough to talk about for 44 <laughs> minutes to an hour and 11 minutes easy with my curious mind. So um, there's a lot to begin with there. And what do you do uh, for a living or for work or how do you get paid to pursue your passion? And how do you ask people that question? Ah, well, I don't know how, even how I would even ask people that question. I mean, maybe what do you do for a living? But uh, I am a full-time chiropractor. Uh, I see families, I see athletes, I see old people, I see young people. I love taking care of people's spine and nervous system. That's what I do for a living, turning people's lives on uh, and keeping them out of that sick care system, hopefully the best that I can. And as far as asking maybe people what they do, I would really just say, you know, what do you do for a living? You know, what's your passion? Um, I, I guess that would be maybe my simple answer. Yeah, because some people I, I feel like don't, a lot of people used to, and they still do every once in a while, ask, what do you do? You know, after like you meet, oh, your name is Daniel, what do you do? And I know some people don't love that. I'm not sure if I love yeah. that. Uh, because what do I do? It's yeah. like, gosh, Lee, what do I do? I do lots of things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless, firstly, I breathe. <laughs> Secondly, I drink liquids. <laughs> mm -hmm. and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I, anyways, I was curious about that while we were on the topic, because I know you're a bit of a professional question asker as well. Yeah. I love asking questions. Absolutely love it. Do you have a favorite question someone's ever asked you? Or do you have a favorite, favorite question questions. to ask people? Um. No, I just like finding out what, what makes people that are high performers, what makes them tick? Like, what's their why? What's their drive? Those are, I usually try to find questions that bring that out. Oh, okay. And what do you, um, what's the, con the like the, def defin the definition constraints of higher performer in your perspective? What's a higher performer? And it could be anything from anything in an athletic level. It could be an expert in something like nutrition. It could be, uh, it could be a mom. Right? It could be all sorts of different things, but people that are really good at what they do, um, usually I, I tend to resonate towards them. And at least that's how, how I think I do and end up finding in some amazing people to have conversations with, but a high performer, you know, I love athletes just because they're bizarre. They're like super freaks, if you will, people that do crazy things. I love that. For sure. I guess as we all do, going back to the gladiators and before. Uh, yeah. Um, your shirt says Patriot. What's what does that mean? That's uh that was a birthday gift. Um it's you know, it's got this little the little flag thing going here. Just just an American guy, loving America, love my freedom. Awesome, awesome. Freedom, love freedom. So tell me, how did you grow up in America with the freedom of never being injected with a vaccine? Uh, so I'll keep the story as, as maybe as simple as I can, and it is pretty simple. You know, I was born into a chiropractic family. My dad's a chiropractor. And uh, in the chiropractic world, you know, we, we believe that the body has the power to heal itself, function itself without any outside intervention. It's an inside-out job. So being born and being around without vaccines was, I guess, normal as a kid to me. Uh, I know there were definitely challenges with my parents at the time. I know it's very different nowadays than it was, you know, 43 years ago. Um, I've had to get maybe... You're 43 years old? I'm 43. Wow. Wow. You, you said your birthday might, like it may have been recently. When was your yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, August 1st. Yep. Uh, happy birthday. 43 Thank years you. young. Thank Holy you. moly. 
I love people that defy the norm of age. Like you're breaking normal in a lot of ways, obviously, but this uh, defying of what people, like I have a friend today, he texted another friend, like uh, one of our uh, mutual friends, Eagle, Eagle, uh, he'll be on the show. I don't know if you've ever played disc golf, but he's one of the best disc golfers. Okay, cool. I have played like a few times in my life. Throwing a Frisbee is definitely not my specialty. Well, I say he's the best. Disc is not my... uh, Specialty. <laughs> well, this all. guy, this guy is the best. So maybe you want him on your show as well. <laughs> yeah, um, talk about being in pro. And he's a young gun, and he just won the a championship there, and I think it was in Finland. And um, he texted us to gift us tickets to this reggae uh, show at the Red Rocks coming up. And my other friend texted him back saying something about how he's too old or something. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. And then I realized we're like born the same year. And I'm like, wait a minute. What in the heavens are you talking about? Because when I look at you and I'm like, well, you're five years older than that guy or whatever it is. And um, you're not too old. You're not too old to run 100 uh, miles. I'm I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. Yeah, what do you think about that too old, too young uh, age paradigm? Because when I hosted retreats, that was one of the things that really mm. rocked my world was when people said that they're too old for something that we were doing. And there were people that said they were too young for what we were doing. And then I, and I, would, I was like, man, so when's the sweet, like when do they think their sweet spot is and how mm. long does it last? And what a terrible yeah. perspective. Yeah, I, you know, age is, is an interesting thing. Obviously as a kid, I mean, I, like the way I grew up, you know, my, my wife goes, you had no rules in your house type of thing. And I grew up, you know, like if you were, you were up, you were up until you were tired and then you went to sleep. My brother was like an insomniac. So he would stay awake until, you know, my parents would go to sleep at like, you know, four years old or five years old. And he's still the same way today. Um, so I, I think age is just uh, an excuse for people, whether it's too young or too old. And that's just my opinion. Um, was I have I have a patient that I take in my practice that's in his mid seventies. And he, he definitely looks his age, if you will. He looks like a, an older 70 year old, but this guy has done over 100, one, over hundred, hundred mile marathons, probably 50 or 60, 50 mile marathons in his life. I mean, this guy is probably could have run around the planet, you know, a dozen times. I'm like, okay, so you, you use your body hard, but he still walks six miles every single day. So, um, he doesn't have any age excuse. He's just, you know, he beat his, beat the part of my New York, but beat the crap out of his body a lot. So, and maybe he didn't take care of it nutritionally in other ways, um, but he used it to its, you know, maximum potential. And age is age is not a an ex, uh, age is an excuse for people, but it's not a problem. I like that. Do you have children? I don't have any children. I got a, a sixty five pound dog. That's what my that's my of- child. What's it's a, that? Coon, a coonhound mix. And what's its name? Gunner. Gunner. Nice. That's Gunner. Does Gunner run with you? Uh, he did for a while. He'll do little short, like two, three miles with me. But in the heat in the summer, I keep him. I let him run the yard. That's okay. about it. But he has okay. done. He's done back. He's done three back to back to back eight mile days in the woods with me with no problem. That's amazing. And do you yeah. run with him by your side or with a leash or like with a collar? A leash. A leash? Yeah, he, he's a prong collar kind of dog. Um, we run through neighborhoods with other dogs and cross streets. So the last thing I would want to happen to this guy is get hit by a car or 
God forbid anything else, you know, bad. So we, he's pretty good. I don't really have to use a leash that much. It's more crossing some major roads that, you know, I want them, you know, inches from my side, as long as I don't make a mistake. But if you're like in a safe area, do you drop the leash or do you keep no, holding it? No, I just, I leave it like I just leave it on my wrist. I don't even hold oh, okay. it. So it's just, it's, it's a very, very thin, light, light, light leash. So he doesn't really feel it hanging either. I'm asking me some of these questions. <laughs> that was a fly. <laughs> I was aiming to swat. Um, I am, uh, well, speaking of, there's like this crazy thing because in the summertime we get some flies have you ever <laughs> i know seen what these? that is with this like be this bottle opener on it have you seen this <laughs> thing too i don't even know what you call it but i would call it catch a buzz because it has a, it comes with a bottle opener and like i can literally z- uh, buzz one of these flies they uh, they get near me again i like, believe uh, it I'm like, and, and davina loves to do it like and it really is actually a, a great practice in hunting and um <laughs> i hand are you eating the flies no, no, we haven't done that yet. But I hear that's a thing. I hear that's a thing that uh, people, my friend is currently here with me from Georgia. Um, he was telling me he knows about these places that they make some sort of tacos out of the, all the buzzed flies, like in other countries. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, listen, I mean, people have been eating all sorts of stuff forever. Nothing surprises me these well, days. Well, there seems to be a bit of a movement about getting people to eat more bug protein. Have you? Are you aware of this? Oh, of course. I well, I know this is a this is a, this is a rabbit hole that you know that pisses me off. But yes. Well, we. I'm I, happy to go that rabbit trail because I'm in the uh, the industry of bison, and this you know in a way this is potentially yeah. affecting me or going to affect me, and I trust I'll alchem- alchemize it the best way I can. But yeah. before we go down that. Um, bison trail <laughs> did we conclude the vaccine conversation no never yeah let's no, i mean just that. a little let's bit i mean just circled yeah so we'll go of, back to it yeah so you know just growing up in that world i know my parents we had to have i guess religious exemptions you could have i guess the ethics of one and the morals of another i don't really know how it worked they did all of that that work um i just remember being in school and i'll just tell like a you know very short story here and sometimes i mix up a little bit but it's it's Pretty much how it goes. So we're in elementary school. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. I was in sixth grade. They were in the younger grades. I don't. I don't know the exact grades they were in. But we got we got rushed to the nurse's office one day, and uh, there ended up being a measles outbreak, measles outbreak, whatever they w- would call it. So the nurse called my mom with all of us in the nurse's room and said, "Hey, you know, there's a measles outbreak." Uh, we would love for you to come and pick up your kids if you'd like to take them out of school since we know they're not vaccinated. So my mother said, hold on. She ended up calling my father and they had a whatever conversation. My mom got back on the phone and said, can I ask you a question, Mrs. Nurse? And she said, of course. The kids that have measles, were they vaccinated for it? You know, I'm sure I, I don't know the real answer. Either it was dead silence or the answer was yes right away. So I said, no, my, my kids could go back to class. So we all stayed in school. Nothing ever happened. So that's kind of the way I grew up. And, you know, if someone took a Tylenol, I, I would like, we would, my, all of us, my brother and my sister, like they're taking drugs. Like that was, you know, the way we were as kids. So. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. That's an awesome yeah. story. And what an awesome parent. Or what are your parents up to currently? Uh, they're, my dad still practices almost uh, 46 years at this point uh, as a chiropractor. My mom, supports the practice from home and you know they travel a ton they love it wow where do they live they live about four miles north of me wow wow what a 
what a cool uh, family it seems yeah. that you have up there all together in community. Yeah, it's a very cool family. What about your wife's family? Where did they live? They well, believe it or not, I went to high school with my wife. Um, she her family, her father lives in Connecticut, about two and two two to two and a half hours away. Uh, they're separated. Her mom lives about a mile. I mean, I could roll a rock down a hill and probably hit her house <laughs> wow, type of thing. Wow. Yeah. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah. And I, and I get along with everybody very well. So that makes, and it's both sides of the family get along really well. So it makes life very easy. Wow. It gives you enough time to run those big runs. <laughs> exactly. Well, I got a good freedom support to, Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. So um, now for your, now that you're, making choices on your own and what, <laughs> and what cool parents, I mean, what yeah. cool parents, um, <laughs> what, what is your uh, view and perspective and recommendation, if any, on people getting vaccines from your medical, like your practice? I mean, I'm sure people ask you about it. I'm sure people talk to you about it. Do you, uh, they, they did on? in the beginning of, I mean, no, you know what I've had, it's, it's interesting. It's a very, it's a very dogmatic conversation for the most part, um, being that the majority of people are vaccinated. I know it's, I'm not just talking COVID, I'm just talking in general, like childhood vaccines. Well, and for instance, I'll say that uh, my, my daughter's never had any vaccine. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing we did. We did a non-medical vaccine exemption by watching some sort of propaganda series about vaccines and why to get them and just mm. confirming that we did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've, I've had, we have a sign up on our, in one of our rooms, we have a, we'll call it a kid's room. And it has a, oh, I saw that fly right past the, the, the yeah, and I'm ADHD enough where if I like am trying to kill a fly during this conversation, don't be thinking it's taking my focus away from the conversation. Nah, I got it actually you. might be help. Like when I was in school, that was another thing, you know, taking my daughter to school. It's like, I used to, uh, I, you call me ADHD or uh, attention dialed into a higher dimension or whatever you know. Ah, I like that. Uh, or an ambitious, defiant, happy animal. But I <laughs> am good. <laughs> I'm good at like doing a lot of things at once, especially yeah. if I want to really focus on one of mm-hmm. them. And it might help for me to have like one of those, like with their like little spinner or fidgeter yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. In this Why case, not? I might have a uh, fly zapper. Dead fly. <laughs> a catch a buzz. <laughs> but yeah, g- uh, please go ahead. Yep. So we have an, on the wall of our, like, we'll call it our pediatric room. There's a sign that says, you know, in, I don't remember the year exactly. It was like 1970 something or 1980, you know, there were six doses of four vaccines or something like that or whatever it was. And now there's 72 votes. I don't remember the exact numbers. Now it's like 72 vote doses of 16 different vaccines before 18. Um, you know, know the risks, talk to your doctor type of thing. And we've, I've had a couple of patients that have left the practice because of that sign, which is, I mean, it, it didn't say like, don't get vaccinated. It just says, you know, why and ask questions, you know, that's, and I'm all for it. Listen, you want to make your own choice. You can do whatever you want. If you want to smoke crack, not my life, that's your life. I'm, I'm all about, you know, people making their own choices. Not that I think that's good. Um, but I think you should have the the right to know what's going on, need to know the safety, the, what what's supposed to happen. And frankly, there's not, a, I don't think there's been any, if I'm correct, any safety studies done on any childhood vaccines, not one. 
Well, obviously, I don't even know all about that. I know it, it does get like a bit political, politicalized and polarized, and even like of a sort of religiousness or mm-hmm. slash dogmaness yeah. to it. It is. I mean, we did. I remember doing all like all the controversial videos I've ever done. The one that included uh, me and Davina's mom talking about our choices about vaccines, simply just answering some questions. It was the most polarizing comments mm-hmm. ever. And we got the most private messages ever talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I got uh, a lot telling of people. No, no private. No private in like okay. a way of telling people that uh, that how their kids, they, uh, basically confessing about their kids having vaccine injuries mm-hmm. yeah. and not knowing who to talk to about it or like, Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, you and they they didn't want to post it publicly. They didn't want to make a comment about yeah. it. They wanted us to privately message us. You get shamed. You know, it's it's like getting stoned back in the, you know, like two, three hundred years ago. Well, the and so that was alarming to me just personally. Like, you know, without knowing all the data, but it sounds like mm-hmm. you might know some data about this uh the some, childhood some vaccines. I, yeah, I know Del Big Tree. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. I, I have. I have because I hear he does things locally here, actually. Yeah, it's called the high wire. He's got, I mean, his show is reaches, I don't know, maybe tens of millions every week. I mean, he's a, a big deal in this. He's the guy that made the movie Vaxxed. Do you remember that movie? So he's a he's a, a very brilliant man. Uh, very studied in that in the field. Yeah, it's what a what a topic, huh? It's a, it's a crazy topic. Well, I mean, and it's also just just let's keep it modern with this whole COVID thing. It was um, am I not mistaken? Because I don't really watch the normal news. I let more of my no. friends there, like really, I don't either. Uh, mavens to interpret the more of the distilled. Mm-hmm objective truth rather than like a uh, polarized biased uh, echo chamber type of report mm-hmm. and uh am i hearing it correctly that all covid restrictions for anything and everything have been dropped uh, if you have the symptoms you only have to quarantine no need to wear a mask is this the modern you know, you know i don't version know of this i might be i think they're just trying to wait for the next thing they're trying to push is my guess um, and I, I think the biggest, you know, thing that we've had is fear, you know, that that's gone around the world. In my opinion, I don't know what the deal is with the, with, I, I'm not putting a mask on for anybody at this point. Done. But, Done. Yeah. I think they, but I think <laughs> they might know this and they just suddenly announced it. And I'm just kind of thinking for people that like, there are still people around here that wear masks and such. And I'm, I'm like, Hmm, I, I'm, I find it all so peculiar. Yeah. It is. It's odd. I, my wife and I, we walk, if we go to a grocery store, we like walk, like go on a trail walk and the people outside in the woods with a mask on, maybe even two. I, I don't, I, I have to like bite my tongue. My wife will elbow me, make sure I don't, you know, like start a conversation. She just doesn't like, she's like, you know what? Let them be them. They're going to do them. You let's do us. And let's just keep going type of thing. But it just, it, it blows my mind that that's still going on. Well, before we could get caught into that, uh, <laughs> yeah, ma- the mask yeah. tricks of the matrix. Um, let's talk about what do you think about the list? I'm more interested in the conspiracy, the meat thing. Yeah. What you think is going on about that? I mean, just from the things, you know, granted, I mean, uh, you know, from what I've heard, what's going on, like in the Netherlands, where they're like dealing with like trying to get rid of farmers to get rid of cows, to get rid of 
you know, all of this stuff. And it doesn't make any sense. Listen, I'm not a big fan like you of, you know, the modernized meat, right? Like that's been injected, stuffed, pushed, whatever they put in it, um, in that, that grass-fed world like you are. Um, I think in, the, in like the, the, the World Economic Forum, the New World Order, whatever you want to call it, I know it's really called the World Economic Forum, um, they're pushing this whole bug protein thing. I mean, look at the movie that came out, Game Changers, right? That was a whole vegan movement, I right, but I think I've even seen that. Or, no, I, I you should. It's, it's, it. I'll tell you, it's it's made very well, like an actual. I think it's the guy that made. Um, oh, what in the world's that movie? It's a very famous producer, I believe. Now I'm remembering when there was a lot of hype about it. There, I remember yeah. at one point there was a lot I think was, of hype about it. Yeah, I think it's the guy that created the Beyond product, Beyond Meat, or whatever it is. Oh, genius! Yeah, yeah right. Like so, that was like kind of built you know, into right, it, and they oh, took wow. they took like vegan athletes. To really push, I mean, and these are like legitimately awesome athletes, but they're they're vegan, and I think they use that to push an agenda. And I think it's that same route that they're trying to get people away from eating animals to now eat bugs. And if we can start, I mean, you've probably seen, you know, I, I, stuff that comes across my my some of my social media feeds, you know, cattle randomly dying, food process plants burning. I think like four hundred or something like that in the past year, two years. Um, all sorts of crazy stuff that just randomly happening in the past two years. It's it none of it makes sense. Uh, so I think that this whole bug thing is part of the the whole thing. I don't think it's you know a thing. It's not one thing. It's part of the whole. World For some economic. reason, this conversation is reminding me like Men in Black. I'm not sure why. Yeah, right. Totally, it is. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's freaky to me. Um, but ultimately, I think if like people like yourself, like myself the tribe, if you will, that we, we hang around with, associate with, if we are vocal, if we actually take action to be proactive in, in this space, the, you're obviously in your space is, is very specific. My space is specific, but we're all for like making the healthiest choices for ourselves, our families and our communities, right? For longevity, for better lives, not to be sick, dying disease, stuck on drugs for the rest of our lives type of lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not against uh, eating bugs. Uh, I am for eating bison liver. What? what? <laughs> I, I, I am for eating bison. Oh, liver. For, of course. Yeah. I am not against eating bugs. I but am you are for, for eating, yeah. eating bison liver for well, sure. It's funny you say eating bugs. I, this has got to be, I have to look at my Instagram feed from like, maybe like 2014 or 2013. There was a company that came out that was making cricket flour protein bars. And I go, well, me, I don't know. I'll try one of those. What do I, don't, I don't care. I'll eat, try anything. Um, it, it tasted like a protein bar, like, or whatever it was. I've oh, yeah. Crickets, I think it's, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised it's not a bigger thing already. But if it's, if it's a, um, you know, a propaganda replacement of the real deal food, such as something like a bison, yeah. um, or if they are, if any of these things were not just randomly by chance, yeah, it's a little concerning. And that's probably why I think well, of the totally. men in black. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you think about like the same way, you know, I'm sure like in other parts of the world, like in, you know, maybe parts of Asia or parts of Africa, I don't know where they really eat the most bugs. But I would say they're not grown 
or maybe they are the same way are like some of the cattle and the chicken are here, which is like the a concentration camp, like for animals. Like they just get fed enough garbage, put, pumped it, and then they just kill them. Well, the ethics of growing bugs, that's a whole other thing. But, but you know what I mean? Like, are they, no, but I don't like, even like, know. Like they might want to be crowded. I'm like, do you? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm thinking like what they're being fed, right? Like, oh, yeah, like, I know. like you know, like corn, GMO for sure. for sure. crap that goes for into sure. the that are here. Like, are they giving that same crap to the bugs to make them grow faster or whatever, get bigger, bigger crickets? <laughs> Uh-oh, get them. Get <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's interesting and it, it's scary. I'm slaughtering um, flies during this conversation. I know. Well, maybe you should eat them and tell me, no, like we eat one on camera right now. Well, that's the point. Like, that's a good point. These flies, you know, if they've stayed in my uh, place for a while, they're probably pretty good fed. It's like, you know, Daniel's <laughs> apartment fed flies. I'll eat those. But they may have just came in from the outside, you know. Yeah. It's like a good thing. It's a good point. Like they could have been on dog poop. They could have been on some like pesticide ridden yeah. um, bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's challenging to decipher the ethics mm. of growing bugs or what bugs to eat. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, you know, I'm, I'm all for like you, listen, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just used, just starting to try vitamins, starting the, the, the salve. That stuff is freaking awesome. Absolutely love it. My wife's like, this stuff smells so good. What is it? I'm like, you really want to know? And she, she's all, she loves it. So, you know, it's, it's the product is freaking killer, but yes, the, you know, all for liver. And I, I told you on my show when we recorded that I've been doing, I put a pause on the raw and I'm all tried vitamins now, uh, just doing a test and, uh, feel awesome on it. Still, you know, I haven't missed a day of running in 82 days. Uh, and I feel great on them. You know, I'll have them right before a run in the morning and, you know, originally sometimes some stuff would really upset my stomach pre-run the liver, the raw liver wouldn't and neither do the tribe vitamins. So that's like a, a win-win right there to start. Yeah. The tribe vitamins in the morning, I, I really got to drive that point home. And it's good that you're running in the morning before taking them. Cause I yeah. just talked to this guy. He's known as the iron yogi. Maybe I'll have him on the podcast soon, but he found out what I was doing and he tested out them for a month and he did the, six every morning breakfast first before breakfast before anything else before mm -hmm. anything and and he same thing the stomach and I, the same thing for me my stomach feels good on them like i can work out on them and there's certain yeah. things that i'm a little hesitant to eat yeah 100%. or drink especially before a workout or a long run mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know i don't know how many you've been taking or if you, uh but if you ever take I've some doing, i've just been doing six a day trying to just keep it yeah. like cool. like very specific cool. But I'm curious if you ever do it on a long run, like if you're like at hour five or 10 and you're like, shit, I am start burns. Like take, yeah, take like 20, whatever your mm. stomach can handle. I'm like, that is just pure power. It's like the pure potency. Yeah. There's a, there's a stamina in there. That's, that's, yeah. I, that's the number one word I can yeah. think of. Well, I guess, I guess I stamina. have a really good, maybe I should test it before my 150. Um, that might be a good test. You know, yeah, like so you say marathon. test to be for your 150. Now let's make sure we approach that topic as well, because I know time is flying by with this conversation. <laughs> what in the heavens are you talking about? You're talking about running 150 miles? Is that what yeah, you're talking about? You're, you're training to run, a, and, and you're training the longest you've done right now is 100? 100, yes. So can we, um, I mean, and you know, one of the reasons I was asking all those questions about the dog and the leash is because I have a, a pit bull that's the son, a mom and a son, and the son is a pure bull, like pure bull, mm. like he is. So I, I, I've been thinking about different ways I 
get to help um, him express his energy. And he's like, I'm like, I need, I'm going to go run with them. I'm going to go run with them. So I yeah. started running and I'm just, I was, that's why I was personally asking those questions, but yeah, I probably run like a mile up a little mountain and then back. Um, that's, that's what the dog needs. It's either that or get him on a bike and you know, like you hold him on a leash and just a mile, like a mile, mile and a half, like let him sprint all out. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't even got to this sprints. like Rafa and I are pretty close. And my, so what I've learned to do, how I've alchemized the situation for myself is like, okay, I'm going to start running. And I have, I've been hesitant to start running for a while. And I was like, and I'm going to dominate rough, rough. I'm just going to break him down. I just need to watch his, like him, his spirit go into rest mode because right now it's in two charged modes. So I, needed, <laughs> exactly. I needed to alchemize the bull and turn him into a pet by running him. <laughs> yeah. And it's been quite the experience, but I'm thinking like, you know, that's a mile with like a little elevation gain at a mile. I mean, at a, like a mile high. So, you know, it's yeah. cool. It's fun. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's one of the best places in the world to run. But how would someone like me think about running a race or like if I was like, or if someone that's listening, someone that's like, I just run casually. How the heck would I run a hundred miles? How have you done this? And I just, yeah, like from yeah. what in the world? Yeah, I'll give you the 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 short journey because I wasn't really ever a runner. Right? I know it sounds crazy. I didn't. I would, wasn't a runner in high school. I wasn't a runner before that. I wasn't even a runner in college. Um, I ran because I was on a ski team, but that was like you know the psychological torture. They got to make you run to to get better as you train. Um, so I'm in practice. I ran a little bit. I would run like five k's and ten k's intermittently uh, through like the the city, and I wanted to run a marathon, and ended up not running a marathon at all until uh, I was 37. I got into CrossFit before, ended up having knee surgery um, and post-knee surgery and everything. I'm like, well, you know, I, I got to hit a marathon before 40. And I trained and trained and trained. I lift, was lifting weights. I was rucking. I was running. Um, and I signed up for my first marathon, which is the trail marathons. I, I'm really not a street guy, but I've done a lot of street lately. And I registered for the so-called hardest race in the Northeast trail marathon, just regular marathon, not an ultra marathon. And I got, I think they call it pre-hypothermia during the event. It was raining in 40 degrees when I did it in Cinco de Mayo in 2017. And it sucked. I mean, I was so glad I came across the finish line. No, my hands were swollen. I couldn't even hold, they give you a beer. They give you, you know, food. I couldn't even hold anything. My hands were like sausage fingers and I uh, couldn't like take off socks or anything. So we go into, it's at Bear Mountain, New York where we were. So we go inside the lodge, which they really didn't like because we're covered in mud. I mean, it's like almost like not a tough mudder, but it's, you're running through streams and mud and trails and it's pretty, it's pretty freaking awesome. My wife had to help take my sock. I mean, I couldn't take my socks off. I mean, that's how bad it was. And she's like, all right, we're done. And I'm like, I think I can run more. Because in the more we're getting there, people were running 50 K and 50 mile races. So what ended up happening, I ended up registering for 50 K the next year. I did it. I'm like, can do more. And it just, so and it when just kept did it escalating. hit you when you were, you, when you were being babied by your wife helping <laughs> you take her, take your socks off? Yeah. You know, imagining you were in a good bit of pain potentially. I was, I I don't know if I was in pain. I was uncomfortable. We'll say okay. that. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I guess you can say pain, discomfort. Um, you know, and I think there is some, there's a lot of, le- there are a lot of lessons to be learned uh, in discomfort in pain, in, um, in the struggle or the challenge of doing something hard, 
that you want to do, not somebody that's making you do something that might have its own challenges. Nobody's ever made me run. I've chose to, I've chose these things. So, um, this like some maybe visceral, some primal thing, but it's like, wow, I just ran 26.2 miles, froze my ass off. And I was able to go home and, you know, once I was like thought out, I was able to eat dinner function. I was able to walk the next day. Like, this is great. My training worked. Oh yeah. And that was my question. Did it hit you the next morning or were you like, when, when did it hit you? Like, Oh, I can run more. Was that like when, as no, that was literally while I was, while I was like sausage fingered frozen, (laughs) I could run more. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, and and are you competing in these? Like, who are you competing with yourself? Uh, well, others? me primarily myself. What is yes. the driving factor here? Is, um, there, is there a competitive you know, driving factor? Like, you're yeah, I love I love competition. Things? I love competition. Uh, I'm not a professional runner, right? By any means. I mean, I've interviewed guys that are you know run, run five minute miles for fifty miles. I don't think I've ever run a five minute mile. I don't even think I could do it if your pit bull was chasing me and trying to rip me apart, or my dog was chasing me and trying to rip me apart. I couldn't run five minute miles, right? So. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, it's, uh, say the question again. I'm, I'm going to brain fart. I'm getting excited talking about running I'm, fast. Well, I'm imagining it. there's a driving factor for someone to work so hard. Oh, um, I don't know. I think, oh yeah. So the competitive nature, I think I have a, yes, I think I have a competitive nature. I like to do things. I'm not, I'm not the fastest guy by any means. What I found that I am. I will call it my superpower as a runner is my consistency. And I don't like to give up. I will push through so many things like, uh, because, you know, when you realize you, you're like scratching the tip of the iceberg and like your self-performance, your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual performance, when you're like scratching the tip of the iceberg is when you're starting to feel at your worst. That's your, educated mind saying, it's okay. You don't have to do this. Stop. Don't do it. It's, you know, you might like break a toenail, you know, type of thing. Um, and I've ran my hundred mile race. I ran to just give you an idea. Um, I guess I was inspired on, I'm sure you know, the name David Goggins. You know the name? I do indeed. Yes. I've listened to at least one of his books for sure. Okay. So the, the can't hurt me book. I listened to that six times in 2019 while training for my first hundred mile race. And I ended up spraining my knee mile 30, my lateral collateral ligament, which is that side ligament that holds the stability of the knee. I sprained that at mile 30 and, um, you know, big drop, dropping F bombs everywhere. And it was terrible, but I'm like, okay, this guy ran on broken bones and buds like for Navy SEAL training. I'm like, I sprained my knee. Let me just tape it up. I'll be fine. So my friend's an athletic trainer. He, you know, put an ace bandage, did whatever he did. I'm like, all right, I'm still going. Let's go. I just kept on uh, chugging along. And in the next 22 miles, I ended up breaking either two or three toes. I don't really know how many I broke because I was, you know, I was like hobbling, you know, kicking rocks is all trail marathon. And I finally called my wife, you know, I'll keep the story short, but I called my wife grab my phone where we had some cell service. I'm, and I'm like, she's like, I know why you're calling me. You're going to quit. I'm like, yeah, I have to tap out. I'm in like tears and so much freaking pain. Like it wasn't discomfort this time. I mean, this was full blooded, like someone sticking 
uh, you know, a nail through my knee with a nail gun, like repetitively every step. So I get to the the checkpoint where the race directors and my friends, the athletic trainer, and he's a military guy as well. And the, the, the race director was trying to like, give me like, Oh, take a ibuprofen, take this. You can rest for a little bit and keep going. And I'm like, no, I earned this pain. I'm not taking any drugs. I won't ever take any drugs. I'm not taking any for the pain. And my friend, the best line that someone has ever told me uh, when it comes to being in that discomfort zone was, do you want to be in pain or do you want to be disabled or do you want to injury or to be disabled? What do you want? If you tap out, you're, you're going to have an injury. You'll heal from it. You'll be able to come back and do it again. If you keep pushing, you may do some serious permanent damage and you may not be able to run again. So that's all I needed to hear. I took the, like the, 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 they had like a timing ankle thing. I was like, you're in prison, but they took that off. I was almost in tears because I had so much energy. I was so trained, dialed in my nutrition. I was like, going to crush this event. And, you know, I stayed up for the next like three, four, five, six hours watching runners. And um, so I had to tap out at mile 52 after running on broken bones and a sprained knee. So there's a push. Like when you get a little inspiration for yourself and the, in the power that's inside you, and you think anybody can do anything. Wow. Wow. 52. <laughs> that's a crazy story. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, and I also, how many times did you listen to the book? Can't hurt me. I think from? six times in that one year. So you were in a way like brainwashing yourself for like perseverance oh, yeah. for, for success. Yeah, I mean, isn't that how you learn things? You just keep, you keep listening to the same thing over and over or keep like, how do you study? Were you right? reading it or listening to it? Or Audio. While, while running? Or? While running. <laughs> and I would skip like the, the sad part in the beginning with all like the, 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 you know, the parental abuse and all that stuff. I go right into like his like SEAL training, you know, or whatever the beginning of his military training and go from there forward. Wow. Do you think he knows? Do does, does he know this story? No, I've, I've messaged him. He's never responded. Oh, I, I bet he'd appreciate that story. <laughs> yeah. Wow, holy man. This story is still unfolding. Holy man, yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, so 150 is the next, the next journey. And so I, you know, I, I came back in the following year and, and crushed the, I, I'm going to say crushed it me personally, because it was a race against me. Uh, I finished my first 100-mile race in under 24 hours. I did it in 22 hours and 37 minutes. I remember that time just because it was very important for me to, to finish, but then under 24 was great. So, um, yeah. and <laughs> 100 you know, miles in, tw- in less than 23 hours. Yes. That sounds like a, some sort of like a, a, somewhat of an elite club, but I'm not certain. I think sub-24 is, I want to say, I don't, I don't know if it's considered elite. It's consi- like you're considered like a real deal ultramarathoner. But to give you an idea, the guy that won it, I mean, it was at, everybody was like five hours after him, like, like number two or something was like three or four or five hours after. I think he finished in 15. But he's oh, a pro. I mean, that's what he does for wow. a living. Who's that? What's that person's name? I don't remember his name. <laughs> Whoa. But he was a Hoka, 15? shoe like Hoka athlete. Wow. Yeah, see, I don't have much perspective on that because I don't think I've never done, attempted anything close to that. No, well... Uh, you know what it would be? I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't explain it. It's, there's nothing like this. I've never done anything like this in my life. I've grown up, you know, we didn't talk any backstory and that's all right. But I've like grown up doing firewalks, experiential training, sweat lodges as a kid. Like that's like my life I grew up in. So, oh, like in the, okay. Like, and where was the firewalk? Just real quickly. Just curious. Oh, we would do them, those in there. We would do them all over the country. Did a lot in the Southwest. Who was hosting uh, the firewalks? My parents. 
They oh, ran it with another. Nice. My parents Gosh. ran it. This is like even like I think pre Tony <laughs> Robbins, right? I think they oh, ran this, this with another crazy. chiropractic family. Um, and I mean, it was waking up at 6 a.m. in the desert, having doing meditations, like guided meditations. And then you just go through, it was all just about breaking through. I was a kid. So I maybe took it all for granted, you know, chasing lizards around the desert and all sorts of stuff. But we did firewalks and built sweat lodges and did all sorts of really, now I would say a pretty like amazing things. Like, and now I look back on it. So it sounds like there's a, an actual chance in your situation, because, you know, a lot of times like fighters, like a lot of fighters are like really mad at their dad, for instance. Yeah. And it sounds like there's in your situation, <laughs> there's a chance that it was just continuously ingrained, like indoctrinated, yeah. it, like it was your culture. Yeah. Self-growth was, it was yeah. and is the culture. Yeah. hundred percent. And you were finding a lot of that through, it sounds like running for a long, long time. Yeah. Like over the past, since 2017 was that five years, it's been, it's been the thing. And I'm just curious, how would it compare to other um, endeavors that you've gone upon for self-growth or um, is there anything that compares to this where you feel like you've grown as much? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, that's a really good question. I mean, I've been, I've been to Tony Robbins conference maybe about five, six years ago, uh, which energetically was amazing. I don't think I took as much from it, maybe because it was uh, maybe in such a large crowd, but that was also very like, it was almost like the, well, like brain, honestly, the word brainwashing, but I mean, the amount of energy, like being caught up in that amazing energy and participating is unreal, but I don't think I've ever had anything else. I think running for me as an adult is a lot of self-time, right? Like uh, hours. And hours. what are you, are you listening to things these days on these? Uh, I do. I listen to books a lot. Um, a lot of like the longer distance runs, like my races, like a hundred or a set, like the 75 I did a couple of few weeks back. No, nothing in my ears, but the local stuff, like when I'm running around my house or like trails, 20, 15, five, whatever many miles, I'll listen to audiobooks. And I, I think in 2020, I went almost through a hundred books. Give wow. you an idea. Wow. Have you listened yeah. to Breaking Normal? I have bought Breaking. Well, no, I didn't buy it. I, you were, I bought the audio, but I didn't listen to it because I ended up getting the paperback and I want to read the paperback before I listen to the audio. Oh, wow. Do you do that with other books as well? No, but this was a gift from you. So I want to read it <laughs> first. So, well, so it, break, Breaking right Normal desk, before so. Breaking Normal. You're Breaking Normal before even doing it if you're reading it. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I want to read the book. You know, it's I, a good audio book. It's a good audio. So, uh, so, so you've told me. Yeah. I like so I have it. it. I just have not listened to it yet. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We'll have to, one of those tribe vitamin runs. You'll have to listen to it and let me know. <laughs> I will listen. How long is the audio? Uh, it's like four and a half hours. Okay. All right. Yeah, so 1.4 so speed. One and a half. Yeah. 1.4. Is that your choice? That's, that's my choice. One four for most, most people. Okay. Oh gosh. I bet you could get through it in three something hours. Yeah. Yeah. You calculate that with miles. You're like, how long? Yeah, I'm, th I'm thinking my like, I'm thinking what, well, I'm thinking my what run I have to do to like do it in one shot. <laughs> make it a breaking normal one. I will. I'll have to make a breaking normal loop. <laughs> and did you say, when you say you've never take any drugs ever, are you saying like, you know, Tylenol, you've never taken any drugs ever, ever? Drugs? Uh, I can't say that. I haven't taken any drugs ever. After knee surgery, I did. Okay. Okay. Maybe tw I took two pills and that was it. 
Mm. Yeah, I was, was like, that a significant experience for you? Were you like, wow, these drugs I was work. knocked up out. Oh, wow. You remember what you took? Maybe it was like Percocet, I'm imagining. No, it was the bad stuff. The, the stuff that they, you know, they, that people get addicted to. Like Oxycontin? Because Percocet mm-hmm. is also known as oxycodone. Anyways, okay. maybe may been oxycodone. I don't know. Actually, you may be right. I may be oxycodone. Yeah, probably, yeah. But did you yeah, notice I mean, I how out. you felt? Did you? You only remember. You only remember. I like, took it. At, I took it at night because I couldn't sleep. Okay, interesting. Like I, yeah. I was holding off, holding off, like sweating in bed, like trying not to. I just couldn't function. It was so painful. And those are the only drugs you've ever taken. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. I've done other. Other things that you know. I mean, like I'm saying, pills like tablets. No, 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 no. No MDMA, no Tylenol, no Motrin. No, no no Tylenol, no Motrin, (laughs) no Advil, no aspirin, no Aleve, nothing. nothing. Big fat zero. Wow, that's very impressive as well. So you are like you're like an experiment, like you're a living experiment. I am. I am like such an outlier because of that (laughs) and the vaccines. But drugs you may have taken, like now you don't, you're, I'm imagining you might not count like mushrooms or uh, like herbs as drugs. I mean, I would, I just, that you meant like the, uh, yeah, I've had that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. That's a great movie. I don't know how much time we're doing here. Is there anything you want to make sure that we include? No, I mean, I, listen, I, I, I just want to answer quick because I know this is, you know, your show and, you know, talking about breaking normal and, you know, I'm glad, I mean, I, I'm an open book. I, I can tell you, trying to think if there's anything else that's unusual, like you told me an outlier that I may have done or do, but I'm, no pressure to make it unusual yeah. from your perspective because no, no, no. I'm just thinking in my head, like, what, like, well, some people, like, my, like, my joke I, on other shows I've been on, I'm like, well, I'm the unvaccinated, firewalking, ultra marathoning chiropractor. So I kind of stand out a little different than most people. Um, and I'm studying now, I'm getting my functional medicine degree as well. So, like, my I, I think I have 27 hours in every day at this point <laughs> that I function, but yeah, I'd be curious, do you have like a typical ritual that you follow? Like, is it like a uh, regimented? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I would be, if you don't mind. Yeah. No, no. So oh. my mornings, uh, my mor- mornings are important, right? Like I try to do most of my mornings the same certain, my, my days I'm in the office, I leave very early to New York City and I, but I drive in. So my mornings are condensed, like a shortened, much shortened version. Um, so morning, wake up, 750 ml of my water, my Lila Q, this is like a quantum water. Do you wake I, up at seven fifty as well? No, 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 no. Seven no. I wake up at like four forty five, five o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Seven fifty ml water straight in. Um, and what was the water you described that the, as? The, the the company the the technology is called Lila Q, Lila Quantum Technology. Mm-hmm. It's like this quantum energy charged water. It's a special water bottle. Um, mm-hmm. So it sits in it for twenty minutes and gets quantum charged. I can send you links after. I don't know enough details. I'm not the science geeky. What's the water you that drink that you drink though? I have uh, so we have a deep well. There you go. Yeah. When you say deep, how deep do you know? I think we're like I think we're in the 300 feet range, maybe. Come on, not New York. Yeah. (laughs) Or you're in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, New York's got the springs, baby. Yeah. Anywho, um, so you gotta drink that 750 ml straight, no limit. Yeah, just just nope, just straight, just Chug it down. Sometimes I'll put some like pink salt in it, but usually it's just straight up water. Uh, I'll grab, I have something, I use something, either it used to be just a plain meditation. I would put like either do a short Joe Dispenza meditation or 
um, something called Ziva meditation. I would just do a short meditation, but now I use something called a brain tap, which uses like NLP light and sound energy. So I put like this thing, I look like uh, some kind of sci-fi guy. Um, and I usually pick a 12 to 14 minute meditation, sit on the couch, put that on, go straight through my meditation. If I am up early enough, if I'm up in that like 430 range, I will do blast out of, go ahead. Does that meditation device that you wear, does it give you any feedback about you or is it just straight no, about? I've the, used uh, that one as well. I've used the feedback ones, but no, this one is not. This one's not, it's called brain tap. Um, if I'm up in that super early range, I will blast out a two mile run. These are like the city days. Blast out like a two mile run, like seven, eight minute mile pace. Um, if it's late, uh, I just get in the car listen to an audiobook, listen to not the news, not music or anything. Usually it's an audiobook or podcast on the ride into the city. Um, and that's my morning. The days that I'm not in the city, I do the same thing, but everything's a little longer. So I chug the water. Uh, I, oh, I should, I should, I should pause for a second. I skipped, I skipped a couple of very important things after the meditation. Normally it's liver, but now it's been the tribe vitamins. Uh, and then I have, well, I make my own bull, if you call it bulletproof coffee, but it's the fat coffee I make, you know, with caprylic acid and Kerrygold butter blended. Caprylic acid. Yeah. So that's part you've heard of MCT oil. I, I, um, I have. So the MCT oil is broken into three different fatty acids. Uh, C8 is caprylic acid. That's what, what, uh, is the best one for the, the brain. So if I, if I get caprylic acid, that's the one, if not, I use an organic MCT that is, higher in C8, which is the caprylic acid. It's interesting because I don't um, enjoy, I have not yet, maybe one day I will enjoy consuming MCT oil. Okay. Too I much of it'll the, make you run to the bathroom. I haven't done the straight caprylic acid, but I know a lot of people that do it anyway. So yeah, you got, so the, you got you the liver, <laughs> tri-vitamins now used to be beef liver. And then you yeah. get to this uh, bullet fat coffee, or whatever fat you call coffee, it. fat coffee. And then, and then, and then I'm in, then I, then I'm, then I'm either running or I'm on, or I'm in the car the days that I'm not there. So it's just a longer version of that. So it's same amount of water, um, 20 to 25, maybe 30 minute meditation. Uh, I'll try vitamins, bulletproof coffee, another 750 ml of water, and then I'll blast out anywhere from a five mile and up run usually up to, you know, up to, it could be upwards of 15 or 20 miles on a super long day, which are not very frequent. Um, I do that. Uh, I, and during that run, since I'm local is usually an audio book, I'll blast out, you know, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half of to an audio book. Is this after you're working now, this longer run or is this? No, these, so these are the ones when I'm not in the city. These are every, oh. this is, this is oh, four, okay. four days a week that I do this. Oh, okay. So when you're not working those three days of the city, you do yeah. this, the longer. Yeah, the longer right? stuff. Everything is a little bit extended. Um, I also then, I mean, those are my basic routines. I mean, I'm doing things like, you know, studying functional medicine. I'm training with some chiropractic stuff with other chiros. But as far as health-wise, the meditation. Oh, and I, I didn't mention, I do also every day, my showers are cold. Cold showers. Which is probably epic cold showers because you have a deep well in New yeah, York. Yeah, it's 50. I think we're, it, it can range as go as low in the winter. It goes low as 49. Um, but 53 is is usually the, the bullseye. Wow. Wow. And then do you have any advice for someone that wants to start running longer? 
But I don't know if we ever actually did you, yeah. did you have a perspective on that? Yeah, a hundred percent. I would tell you what miles, you have if you miles, if, yeah, if you if you want to run longer, my best advice is to run short distances and whatever that can be whatever short is to that person. It could be, I'd say the minimum should be two miles, but you should run every single day. Run when you're tired, run when you're happy, run when you're sad, run when you don't want to run, just run. And that could be two miles a day seven days a week. And then you can start to split the runs up. You have to get past that little bit of discomfort of the, your educated mind wanting you to say no. It's the same. It's like a cold shower. I want to do the cold shower. And you're like, screw this. I just put my finger on that's frozen, right? It's the same concept as doing something that's uncomfortable that you know is going to be good for you. Like showing up for a five, five o'clock class at a gym or a six o'clock class at a gym. But I think it's the consistency in the beginning that happens. And then you can just start to add some miles a few days a week. If you want to take days off, that's great too. I'm a big fan of recovery. Um, but like I said earlier, I'm on an 82-day running streak. Wait, wait, take days off or not take it? Days no, off? you can eventually. It... You can eventually. Yeah, if you want to. Like, listen, there's no right way to do this. Well, you I'm know, like... it's interesting because you mentioned uh, David Goggins. And I what I recently listened to was the book from Cameron Haynes. Have you listened to that called Of Endure? course, yeah. Yeah, he's like my he's like my new crush on on craziness. Exactly. I mean that guy that was a great inspiring book. I yeah, mean, he's exactly. he's a great guy. From my, I haven't met him in person, but my little bit of online interaction and uh, that book. Oh, whoa. yeah. So and he sounds like he says the same thing. Like he doesn't take any days off. And I'm thinking no. like my uh, maybe it's a dogma, but <laughs> maybe. I thought like some of my recovery days or rest days were like the best days I've ever had for like my athleticism in certain scenarios. Yes. I'm like, I just never have thought that I should never take a day off. Yeah. Well, it could be variations, right? So like for, well, one, I'm not Cameron Haynes or David Goggins, right? Like, we'll just say that right. But right the mentality up. is like, it yes. might be something, I, and I don't know yeah. if they both do that. But I'm like, yeah. you mean no day off? Like you don't want to yeah. like rest your legs so they like hit the that like they want to come back stronger because like Nathaniel, all right, yeah, my youngest brother, as a high level championship swimmer, but he was a sprinter. This was a sprinter, so this might be a bit okay. different. This is a different thing than a marathoner, of course. But he needed he one of the most important things he did for his training was tapering off before mm -hmm. the race, including like. Days up to the race, he wouldn't even like try to walk upstairs or he would try to no. just like carry his backpack. He was acting like a little, like a little like pansy. And yeah. because he was ready, he needed yeah. to explode a millisecond yeah. faster than everybody. Yeah. So I might be under that like sprint training mentality, yeah. but when well, I hear I will these guys, I, like, no well, I will say off. like for what I do, like, so I, yeah, I had this, this 75 miler coming up or a 30 hour event that I did coming up and the weather was getting kind of like you guys were hot. I think the whole country got really hot for a few weeks there. Um, I was training, you know, do my normal distance, you know, five miles, six miles, 10 miles, whatever it was. Uh, you know, every day of the week and that week, the week out. So if my rate, the event starts on a Saturday, Saturday is my last or Friday, excuse me, Friday is my last long run. Saturday starts my, my bank of running. And what I mean by that, I, I try not to accumulate a lot of mileage. So I want to have like a little bit in the bank. I don't, I'll do two mile days every single day up to the race just so, and it's going to be like slow, comfortable. I'm not trying to break any world records, just but it's a run. It's not a walk. It's a run for sure. Um, but I try to keep slow and I always do my best to get 
the bank on the other side, like pre, I don't know if I'm going to get 150 miles in one week. I know it's probably possible, but I don't think I want to right now <laughs> get there. Um, but I will try to get as close to that mileage two to three weeks out before the event, just so my legs have that feeling for a full week. So if I can do that, there's no way I cannot not do the whole event. So two to three weeks before the event, one week before the event, you might only run two miles a day. Yeah. But two so to I'll three run, weeks before the miles. event, you're talking about running 150 miles total per the week. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get there, honestly, for this event. I don't think I'm going to push 150 because that means my sleep's going to be wrecked for four days or five days, but it's going to be up at like 3 a.m. and run for four hours, three or four hours certain days. So it's, just, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, that's definitely affirming to the, the, what you said, like to start, just start running two miles a day. It was why I hear yeah. every day, every day. Like, every and, day. I, and I've done, you know, it's funny. I did that every day for like seven days. It was about that, about that much, but it was a little bit of elevation and a little tougher than just like around the track for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but it, I, it felt good. I started feeling like there was something about, you said, if you're happy, sad, whatever you are, just yeah. do it. Yeah. There's something there too, man. There's yeah, a lot there. There's a and lot And I'm pushing there. myself now because <laughs> I laugh. My, my sister and my wife were like, you're losing all your muscles <laughs> because you're running so much. Yeah, that is an interesting <laughs> thing. That's an interesting thing as you well. Know, I, for, I've been um, shrinking like during, I call it like my race, I don't know, schedule over, the, over a few months, three, four, five months. My training lifting or like, weights, if you will, go down and my endurance goes way up where like in the winter, I'm like that bear that I'll run, I'll do shorter distance runs and sprints and things like that. But I'll, I'll lift, I'll throw kettlebells around, I have sandbags at home, like things like that. I'll move my body more or do hit like interval based training. Um, which I definitely, I don't bulk. I'm not a big guy. I'm like six, one ish. And now I'm about 185 but I'll push like 195, 200 in the winter. If that, I mean, that means you're bigger than me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like six. I'm just around, around six one. And I think I weigh probably lately 172 ish, three ish, four ish. Okay. okay. So, I mean, that, and that sounds pretty. I, but a lot of times I imagine the runners to be a little thinner than that. Yeah. I'm, th I'm a thin guy. Th you know, I don't have big legs, but I think I've, like, over the years, I think I've gained a lot of density if you will like i bet i mean i bet you've got some like dense legs yeah like so i don't have I'm not like a big a big guy but you know i see pictures on instagram like all right i'm gonna be jacked like this guy someday, I, so. I, I have a low body <laughs> fat i have a low body fat and i definitely have a um yeah, if I get like a, a pump then i definitely have that more of a bodybuilder look yeah. i guess yeah um I don't know what the look is, but yeah, I have a low, all of my brothers do. And we've always ate like low. I mean, ever since we've learned, we've eaten a pretty low inflammation diet and worked out in a way that was probably advantageous to uh, um, hormones, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, hard things quick yeah. and not wearing ourselves out completely endurance wise. It was almost yeah. like we would do almost, we would almost dogmatically not endurance because we want to do everything like fast twitch yeah, and like like I, if I could do one arm pull up, that's all I need to do. I could warm up. I saw I that do. on Instagram. 
And, like, and then that <laughs> boost, and then I just like have to cut myself off. And I feel like I get like this, oh, I still want to work out, but I don't. And it's a very uh, different thing than the hundred percent of running. And I think the body you get, you know, you mentioned the bodies, like, or you're, someone said that you were losing your muscle. Yeah. If you go to a high level swim competition and I did a lot, I watched my brother a lot do that. The sprinters are like football players. They're like, what the, who are those gladiators? And then the, uh, long distance people are like, what do they? Michael Phelps, like a string bean, like, yeah. Then a lot, even the long distance, like only long distance, they kind of are like a little more penguin ish. They're like, wow, that person, that person's about to swim a mile. Yeah. And and it's just a very interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, I think swimming ul- is helps with the float. float yeah. And the ultra world, it's it's a mixed bag. Like I'll roll up and like the pros, you know who the pros are? They're my size at 140 pounds or shorter and like 120 pounds. Okay. So that's you know? what I thought. I figured the, they would be the light. The pros really? are like that, but then it's everybody from the 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 penguin, like the overweight, if you will, but they all do it. And that's like the coolest thing in the world. Like running is such a, a fun, this ultra world is such a fun community because whether you're tall, fat, skinny, doesn't make a difference. You're like, you're doing it. You're part of the tribe now. Like it's, it's very cool in that sense. I hear that. I have also noticed that with that running, I've like done it when I'm doing it a little consistently. Cause I live in a, like a, a epicenter for legendary runners and yeah. they, I'm starting to get a little more like this little acknowledgement nod when I'm running. I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that person might know what I'm going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little totally. Wow. That's fun. That's cool to think about. Well, um, and you mentioned earlier the salve and what you were alluding to is what we're calling and call it whatever y'all want to whoever is using it but the bison tallow bomb the tallow bomb yeah. and i'm happy to hear about that i just want oh, to make sure people knew what we were amazing. talking about and i'm happy to hear that your wife likes the smell you're not the only couple now like i've started to hear this more from couples like my friend matt was over there he's like and steph loves the smell and i'm like she what do you mean she loves it? and she loves it on me i'm like what really Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause I, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I was like, I haven't been around like someone intimately. So I don't even know, but that, for a while, since I got the bison tallow bomb, yeah. but I love this. I love it. I just didn't know yeah. you could smell it on someone else yeah. and love it as much. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's good. I mean, like I didn't pay attention to any of the scent. I didn't even, didn't even make like when it when he sent it to me, I like, I'm like, open it up. I'm like, all right. I saw him put his face in here. I'm like, I'm like, yes. even, like I, yes. and then eventually she's like, this stuff smells amazing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh wow it does it smells really good it does smell good what would you describe the smell as i'm just curious like vanilla I, maybe like vanilla cocoa or something like that cocoa. we went we went with white calling it white chocolate but i've, I've oh, yeah, actually, okay. yeah it's me, almost a little like rumish like a yeah maybe a, yeah yeah like a white yeah, chocolate like, rum like a yeah, no, I, can, I love I can, it, yeah. and it definitely feels good on my skin. Your skin looks like it's glowing. Not, I'm not saying it's because of the bison tallow bomb, but you yeah. know, look healthy. Well, I'm in the sun all the time, but I, I've been like, I've been throwing it all over my face. Do you use it on your hair too? Do you like it in yeah, your yeah, hair? Yeah, yeah. yeah. man, yeah. It's, it's great stuff. Okay, Listen, I, I followed the leader. I, you know, if you say this stuff's good and you're using, it, I'm like, all right, this guy knows what he's cool. talking about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow the leader. If it works, <laughs> I'm a happy camper. If it doesn't, I'm not using it. And it's, so far, I love it. Yeah, I definitely, you won't catch me, uh, I don't think, in a video smelling something and describing how, and putting it on my skin and telling how much I love it if I don't <laughs> love it. I don't even know how to do I know, that I opposite know. thing. I know. I, know, I know some people do. I've seen the infomercials. It's pretty amazing. That's a pretty amazing gift, too. It's called acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with a video camera, and like, if you're like, oh, just say the truth. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I can do that. I mean, the acting thing, maybe, maybe I should work on acting. Maybe that's my. 
my accountability. Maybe I'm calling myself out loud. Have you ever acted at all? Have you ever like? Uh, I was a childhood like like a baby model for Bugle Boy jeans. Nice. I don't know if I've ever. I was like this Bugle big. Boy I, I was like Is maybe Bugle like, Boy a company anymore. Do you know? I have no idea. I mean, I I still have my parents still have like the photo. It's like me, like I'm this big. I don't know how babyish I have a small did you, am. But did your um, did you make some money on? That? I listen. I was probably like a year old. I have no idea what I made. You should ask your parents. You should be like, do you have, do you have the account where the bugle boy? <laughs> Where's my uh, money? Where the bugle boy deposit the royalties went? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, my grandfather entered me into the best looking baby competition in oh, Miami yeah? two years, and I won. I won nice. one year in second place the next year or whatever nice. year. I thought that was cool. So that, you know, because Miami's for- the best looking city in the world. So I was the best. Yeah. I'm the best looking baby. There you go. Listen, that's that's big. That's yeah. big. I was uh I was actually I was. I I tried out, I think I was probably 17 or probably 18 years old. I tried out for Fear Factor when oh, it was nice. out. Yeah, this like, you know, whatever, 20 plus years ago, but um didn't get in. Yeah, yeah. That, that people that want to do those shows, by the way, if you're listening, I've been solicited by those type of shows. I've applied for shows I haven't heard back from. I think I've applied for shows that there was like chances and it didn't work out. Like that, that, that world will definitely show it real, real quickly, unless mm-hmm. you're some sort of freak incidents, which do happen. Mm-hmm. That uh, what's the famous quote? Like you miss 100 percent of shots you don't make. Like yeah, that's a world where you just got to be relentless about putting yourself out there. I mean, hence yeah. acting. That's you got to be yeah. able to, no, to I, put on a performance. I just thought it'd be cool. I'm like, oh, I'll do feel factor. I walked on fire. I was like, you know, yeah. I was like, but you never know like, the casting. They might be like, oh, we already have a guy that looks like this. Like that yeah. might have just been it. I like, oh, know you've done too much Tom. crazy stuff in your life. We want someone that's done nothing. But they might have been like, no, we need someone from South Dakota, uh, someone Asian from South Dakota. Like you never, yeah. that, the casting thing is so, it's yeah. so, something so not to get offended about for all my aspiring yeah. people yeah. out there that are ad- auditioning, my aspiring auditioners. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care. I mean, I left, it was done. I had lunch in New York City and we came home. Was, you know, that was my first, I think my first and only audition, which was just a, I don't know, a 45 second conversation that I waited six hours for or something like that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They, you know, you never know the lens they're what they're looking through, but it's yeah. worth going for because you, someone out there might be the exact demographic, no matter mm-hmm. how terrible of a, whatever you think it might be like an actor. You may, they might be just the look you're looking for and then like, oh, we'll train this one. Mm-hmm. So you never know. You just got to send it. Thanks for sending it. Thanks for everything you do. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to include, but I think we're right there at that, uh, that creative time. constraint. No, I, I, I mean, totally I appreciate just, your uh, thank you so I, much. I, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I love having these types of conversations. You know, the, I like reality, you know, and this has been a, a show of that reality. And I appreciate you for not being afraid to ask the questions and going with the flow. I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, and I appreciate you, man. I'm, I, I, like you said in the beginning, I do think I as well somehow resonate with people that are thinking more limitlessly than the uh, average folk and mm. uh, they're acting on it actually. And maybe sometimes be like obsessive about acting about it or aggressively acting about it or polarizingly or however it is. It seems like for you, it's very aligned, which I think has something to do with your practice. And that being said, how do people find your, uh, how do they reach out to you if they want to, yeah. or look at so, your yeah, business? I'll give you, or, give you two very simple ways. Well, you can go to lifestylelocker.com. That's uh, my main brand. That's had, we have 
two podcasts there. Uh, second place is if you're looking for a chiropractor in New York, it's newyorkchiropractic.com. Very easy. Oh, yep, 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 yep. And, and the show that we did, you remember the title of it? I, it's pretty easy to find if you go to the website. I'm like, I'm forgetting the web's the title. Uh, of I wonder what the title of this show will be. You know, I don't know off the top of my head. I say I try to look quick, but I don't think it's going to work. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, if you huh? look up this guy, if you look up Daniel Eisenman and the Human Power Life podcast, it's a new show. So he's early on the list. So you're going to only scroll down. You know, I think we're at 13 launches. Mm, uh, soon, so you're going to be you're right up in the top there, baby. Made it the top thirteen. I love it. A lot of these flies lived. I think I'm going to go catch a buzz now. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time once again, man. And uh, we'll keep breaking normal, and we'll stay in touch. And uh, maybe one day we'll run together. Yeah, I don't with, don't uh, with all the dogs. Don't say no. It's I possible. Know. I got to be careful with that. Like <laughs> you long runners are scary. Up one day you're gonna. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right, Daniel. Appreciate it. Later. Later.